Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guests this week, yes, you heard that right, plural, guests, there are two, you're getting two for one this week. My guests this week are Richard Cambridge and Darren Darnborough. These two gentlemen are the creators of We Audition. What is We Audition, you ask? We Audition is an online platform for self-taping and finding yourself a reader for either self-tapes or working on sides or just working on scripts, class classwork, whatever you need. It is literally the Uber of self-taped and readers. You can find a reader 24-7 from anywhere around the world. Now, I think y'all know this by now with my podcast is The Passion Project. I'm not sponsored by anyone. I'm not sponsored by, by We Audition or anything like that. I just really believe in this website, probably because I have used it multiple times and I booked a tape off of it. Darren and Richard, like I said, are the creators and they have wonderful stories to tell, not only about We Audition and the creation of it, but also their own stories as actors as well. The thing that struck me the most about this conversation, I mean, besides talking about this incredible platform, is what has come from this platform. It's not just a great resource for actors, but it's an incredible community for actors. I touch on this all the time on this podcast. Those of us who are second act actors usually didn't go to theater school. We don't have a community of people that we can bother for (laughs) self-tapes, but this provides that. We Audition provides that. It provides a community of like-minded actors who genuinely want to help you with your self-tapes and with your auditions. So you can stop harassing your roommates, stop harassing your partner, stop harassing your mom and dad who really don't want to help you with your self-tape. Get on We Audition and find people who actually genuinely want to help you. Please enjoy the incredible story of the We Audition creators, Richard and Darren. in LA. Oh, good morning. You're in Toronto, yeah? Mm-hmm. Some one okay. across the world. We've really spread we're, it out. Perfect. We're covering the like three biggest international <laughs> m- film and television markets today. <laughs> LA, wait, Toronto, London. <laughs> wait, there's a there's a film TV market in LA? I know, weird. You would think not, not, not right, right now. now. You not think right not. Now. Oh, I heard it's all robots down there. Hmm. <laughs> too soon, they're doing too good um g- good work in uh the good good trade in shoes sneakers and uh mm-hmm. and those long poles they're selling like hotcakes <laughs> those they're selling a lot of those right now what what poles and are sunscreen. they oh the poles yeah <laughs> and sunscreen sunscreen sneakers ice. they're getting worn yeah. down <laughs> oh what a world I'm not joking joking not joking oh it's what a world right my goodness um well yeah i don't know if you want to do this each of you, because I'm curious to hear both of your individual stories about how you kind of got into this world of acting and just entertainment industry before we dive into how you two brought we audition to this planet. I'm happy to do it individually. Will I go down or I can talk? Whatever. Go, I'm, go, I'm go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. <laughs> Darren's got to wake up. <laughs> So I've always had like a another job as well as being an actor. I started being an actor when I was at school. I did a commercial when I was at school and it really got me the bug when I was doing amateur dramatics. And, and then I sort of um, always wanted to do it and continue to do it professionally. So I started out when I was young, quite a while ago. Uh, but I've always had a side job. I've always started to do other things. And people always say, you need, you need to have a side hustle, something else to do, something to fall back on, which is always the thing. Um I, I started making websites very early, started doing tech very early as a day job. So I've always been an actor. But uh, sometimes, some years I've paid the bills being an actor, and often I have not paid the bills being an actor. I've always been auditioning and had an agent and being in the game, but never, well, some years, more, le- less than, you know, more. Um, I haven't paid all of my bills doing that. So I've always had a day job, and that was doing freelance making websites making technology specializing video on the internet so what happened is i was doing that freelance and i met darren through a a mutual friend and uh, um 
we, we kind of decided to do wheel audition. And that actually brings together my technical background, which I was doing as a day job previously, and my acting. And so then they're now one world. I now don't do websites for other people commercially. I don't do that. I just concentrate on wheel audition. And that's been really brilliant for my acting. Actually, I've seen the ability for me to concentrate on the acting and, and not worry about money so much and, and, and be in the world, attend film festivals. That's been really, really beneficial for my acting as well. So in recent years, actually, I've had some nice opportunities and done some really nice work. So later on in my life, I seem to have had a little bit more success, which is which is wonderful. I'm really, really pleased about that. I'm really pleased about how, how we audition helps other people as well. And I'm able to impart some of that knowledge and some of that experience, but also, uh, you know, read with other people and keep my skills sharp. Mm -hmm. Darren, you're mm. up. Um, quite similar to Richard, actually, how I got started in the industry. I was doing amateur dramatics, you know, I was doing uh, the shows at school. I was doing weekend shows. So I was in my local drama pantomime group um, that pivoted into professional acting because my uh, one of my teachers at school gave me and a friend the afternoon off to go and be extras on a on a uh, commercial that his friend was producing. Uh, we we're like, yeah, sure, we'll take the. You know, he. I guess he like realized that we were, you know, interested in acting from our school shows, and that pivotal moment on that set, I met the lead actor who was a kid our age that had his own TV show, and we became friends because he just happened to live in our area as well of London. So we would literally hang out like teenagers do. And he took me to his acting class, who was also an agent. And then through that class, I joined a different class, similar, signed with that agent, got a commercial and was like, wait, you can do this for money. And I started auditioning and, and booking jobs um, when I was 16. So it wasn't that I never knew you could, you could do it as a profession. I just didn't. I didn't know the inroad really. I mean, I was aware of it because I was doing these plays and theater, but it just didn't seem that tangible until that moment. Uh, but once I was in a class with professional actors that were working on TV shows that I knew and that agent put me forward for auditions, that was the, the key change, I think. Um, it was getting the access to the opportunities. Um, I often reference that story actually to anyone starting out because the day I got my first job, I was no better of an actor than the day before. And that was the transition of what made me a professional actor, you know? Um, and then like Richard, you know, I, I thought, well, I need to do something else as well. Cause I know I'm from a small town in London. I know this profession is going to be tough. It gets drummed into you that you can't earn a living by it. Mm. So I chose graphic design as my, um, my other thing. So I went to college to study graphic design Decided against that after a year and went into university to study acting and film. Got a degree in film, came out. But by that point, I was already starting businesses because in my mind, I was like, I still need to find a way to support this journey that I'm going to go on. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but I personally didn't want to get a job in a bar or a restaurant because I saw that as being a level of commitment that I ne needed to do. So I would do odd jobs here and there. I did a lot of promotional brand modeling, uh, kind of what people call brand brand ambassador influence in these days. But back in the day, it would be for direct, direct to the, the public. I did a lot of that. And through that, I started a company called Stuck for Staff, which was a worldwide marketplace of other brand ambassadors like myself. Um, and that was my... I had a couple of companies before that, an events company. I was doing exhibitions and events and nightclub parties. But this was really the first foray to the internet space. I had no idea what I was doing, made it up as I went along. And that ended up being the biggest company in the industry. And it really changed the way the industry works. Uh, mm. it, like really from a paramount level, it was just, it, it shifted how that industry does things even to today, the way that, people book staff so that's something i was very proud of creating and it was very much based in community it's a it was a network of people and i loved that we did events uh, alongside that and so from that moment i've just always enjoyed business as much as i enjoy acting i enjoy creating solutions and so when the idea for we audition came up uh 
Richard, I'd just met him a few a few years before on the film circuit, really, because I made a... He mentioned briefly, we have a mutual friend. I'd made a film with uh, another actress who knew him, and she was coming out to LA for the for the, pre, uh, the film festival premiere of that film. And she brought Richard with her because he had made a film with her and he'd been to LA before. And that that person is now a very, very well-known casting director. And she, she casts The Witcher and Wednesday and all these amazing shows. And she's the one that brought us together inadvertently. And when the idea for We Audition came up and I was thinking, I, I really want to do this company. I really want to start this company but I don't want to start another company like my last one with no technical experience in the web. You know, I can wireframe and I can graphic design and these things, but I can't actually code. And that's what Richard's amazing at. And so it was just a, a perfect, uh, perfect partnership. And he told me never to ask him to do this, by the way. He said, <laughs> don't, he said, when I found out he was in the in internet space as well, and I said, oh, me too. I have an internet company. He's like, don't ever ask me to code anything <laughs> for you i've mentioned before yeah that <laughs> when you when you do to anything well, back in the day it's less so now but back in the day if you did anything web related or internet related or video particularly it was oh right what do you do oh i you know i'm an actor and i make websites or i do tech oh can you fix my email yeah. that's what it was uh oh you haven't got a web email. <laughs> or someone says um you know oh i haven't got a website this is you know a long time ago i haven't got a website can you make me one and then it's like well yeah i can but even now it's difficult to you know you can make a website on wix or you can make a website on a template very very easily now it's completely wasn't possible then but the expectation was sort of like oh it's like making a word document you put a few things up and then it's online but there was less so now but there was a commitment involved in making someone a website and also fixing someone's email was not something i was doing that was not my job like, <laughs> the other the other thing was oh you work in computers don't you you had to get that for my family i got that a lot for my family oh you work in computers don't you oh no i don't i use a computer for my work but i don't work in computers i can't fix one well it actually turned out i could because i started doing that but i needed because i needed to because i was like you know when you needed to edit something back in the day you had to build your own computer to make something that was a decent amount of speed. And that was the only way to do it. But that's by the by, that's just, I'm quite techie. I like that. That was fun. That was never for yeah. work. <laughs> but but yeah, to, we've got a good mix of, of skills, jump, I think, me and Darren now. Yeah. To jump back on what Richard was saying, though, the great, great thing about this business is that we both do work as actors and producers and filmmakers still. Mm. And that's been the really exciting thing is what, what he said earlier is, for me to be immersed in this industry fully as an actor and running We Audition is, is really great because, like Richard said, we go to film festivals. We, you know, we are immersed in the day-to-day -day stuff. I get to meet and know actors all the time. We run events for actors. And that really helps both sides of, of the job. It, it really informs how we're going to create the software and what, who we're creating it for. And then it informs my own career as well. And those, you know, they, they go around in circles in a good way, uh, which I think a lot of solutions for any industry, if you've got someone outside of the industry trying to create a solution from inside the industry or for an industry, which really, really happens in acting a lot. A lot of people that create software solutions for actors aren't actors. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that create products for actors aren't actors. They like to sell to actors. Um, and that can be a little predatory. And at, at best, it's just not useful. You know, I think so both myself and Darren need. use it. Yeah, we create product we need. Both myself and Darren use it all the time. We're both mm -hmm. still working as actors. I still get requests for auditions in. Darren does regularly get requests for auditions in. And we both use We Audition. And now I would genuinely say that it is better than using someone else as a reader i would never ask my wife i would never ask my if i had a flatmate or whoever i would not ask them to read with me because there's fundamental benefits of reading with someone online who's a professional who you're paying you're on you know you're paying for their time there is a massive benefit so for your audience who's a you know second act actors who potentially had a career before and they're not scraping around for that every cent of rent they're not scraping around for I would wholeheartedly recommend it that they are not compromising those relationships in their life. <laughs> they're going online and they're, they're reading mm. with people, not only regularly, but they're, they're, mm. for their auditions, they're reading with 
someone who's a good fit for the role that they're reading for, maybe a coach that can help them read those lines and get good or, or get up to speed quickly and well first. And then making those tapes with someone who's suitable for the role, they don't have to be perfect, but someone who is a professional actor who's not going to get bored, going to get annoyed, going to call in a favour or all of those things. You know, if, if you're a, 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 maybe an older actor and you've got a little bit of money, pay someone through a system like Real Edition or pay our readers. They are fantastic. And I know that our readers are fantastic. So I wholeheartedly would never use someone in my family to read. I would always use. Good example for you. I recently read for, I recently shot a big movie. It's going to be out this summer that I can't talk about. But I read for that audition in the middle of the night, about one o'clock in the morning. I did my prep. I had this audition in. I've got busy life. And I was like, I must get around to this audition. And I'm always keen on getting them done. I, I was doing some prep that afternoon. And it got to about one o'clock in the morning. And otherwise, I would no, nowhere near have recorded that. But I felt like I, I could record. I felt the energy. I felt like, oh, I, I think I know who this is. I want to put something down on tape. So I went on my audition found Pete Luna, who's one of our readers. He was in New York. He got up was, uh, in his morning. We read that scene and he gave me so much energy for that scene. He gave me... So it was it was very beneficial. And the one of the main reasons I booked that scene, I think, is because I had that ability to not only tape at night, but also had someone that could improvise and riff off of me. And they wanted one as per the script, plus one improvised around the script. Strange request. Sometimes you get strange requests. But for that, we did one as per the script and then we improvised. And I didn't need to tell him what improvisation was. I didn't need to say, this is the work, because we'd read it through a few times. He got it. So he gave me lines and I responded naturally. I, I said lines back and he responded naturally. And we just did 15 minutes. I think we did half an hour maybe. Um, and I put some of those very early recordings that we did, those improvisations, off to the casting director and I was, you know, casting that role. So that is a real benefit doing it at night doing it with a professional doing it with a coach and not doing it with someone in your family so and someone that actually enjoys it as well because actually you know from speaking about the reader you had just uh, mentioned rich i know that that reader feels the benefit of reading outside of the payment mm -hmm. he's told me his his mm -hmm. game has improved um actually one of your former um guests on here barry clifton you, you had an episode with Barry, shout out to Barry. Okay. I think I saw Barry on social media the other day. He said, I know what a good audition is because I've seen 2,000 auditions in the last two years. Yes. Let, let that sink in. If you're an actor, mm. and I sometimes teach, not, not teach classes, but I sometimes do uh, guest seminars and stuff at exhibitions or actor events. And I, tr I like to go around the room and say, you know, how many of you are committed to your acting? And uh, all the hands go up. I said, how many of you have read 2,000 auditions in the last year, last two years? And of course, no hands go up. Mm. And I asked the question, who do you think is going to be better at the job? The person that's done it 2,000 times? The person that's seen 2,000 different readers read? You know, you've got to become an expert in your, in your medium, and one way of doing that is watching other people work that, and I'm going to preface this, that are working. And hmm. I advocate classes, right? I think you should have class and training, but I'm not necessarily an advocate of traditional classes beyond a certain level. And the reason I say that is because a lot of classes will have varying degrees of experience in the class, number one. And the second thing is a class by its nature needs to keep you in class to sustain its business model. Okay, let that sink in for a second. You, they need you to stay in class. Whereas if you take it, uh, an analogy like a dating app, the dating app Hinge, for instance, their, their um, slogan is designed for it to be deleted. They want to get you off the app because that means you've got a successful relationship, right? So that should be your goal is to, to, get, to get good and get the job. And I think one of the best ways of doing that is to work with people that are working currently. And that's what happens on We Audition is someone's requesting you as a reader. It's because they have an audition for something real, for something that is filming soon. They're in the mix. I'd say also that it, people that are, are learning and starting out, it's a real opportunity to read with those people, to, to be the requester, 
to have scripts and sides. And if they're doing class or if you're not in class, finding things off the internet or writing stuff for yourself and trying it out with real people to be that instigator. It's not necessarily, it, it's a market base. You know, people read for other people and then they instigate the reads as well. We call those actors and readers. The the actors, it's it's really important to use it proactively as well as, as mm. you know, passively. And I think the people that do that, there's some people on there that do do stuff regularly. I think Barry included that do that do his training. You know, scene study. Um, yeah, yeah, scene study. Sh- they do a thing and read be- it aloud with a real person. Look, the the way I think about this is, a lot of actors will go to the gym or you'll go to yoga class, right? I if I was running a marathon, I wouldn't go to the gym just the day before. I need to put the work in, and if I'm in a lifelong training to be an actor, I should be reading scripts every day. And I pretty much do. I, I personally pretty much read scripts every day. That's another question to ask at these events, because you'll be surprised at the hands that don't go up when you say, do you read a script every day? Uh, even like if it's like one scene, five minutes, do you do it every day? And the hands don't go up. And when I ask why, they're like, well, I don't have any auditions. And I'm like, but if you don't have a marathon, do you not go running? You get up every day and go to the gym. You're not in a bodybuilding competition. I think for those actors starting out as well, if they're a bit later in life, they they need to come up to speed with those things. If you step on set, you need to be line perfect. You don't get another opportunity. Now, back in the day, there might be an opportunity. You might go to a, a real-life casting, and they can tell if you know the lines or not. They can tell if you've turned up and messed it up five times. You don't have that with self-tapes. A lot of people are cast from self-tapes. They could have done it 20 times. And there is a bit, you know, you, you could do it and just send your best tape. And there's lots of talk about that. I won't go too much into that. And, and yeah. that's a whole separate conversation. But when you get booked, if you're an actor and you start to be in the professional realm and you get booked and turn up on set, you need to be good. You need to be a professional level. And that means you need to be able to take direction. You need to be able to take a line change. You need to be able to slot that in. If they say, don't say that there, here's a different line. I went to a uh, film I was doing called Boogeyman and I turned up on set. I didn't meet the director. I turned up on set, dark room, lights, went through a curtain. I didn't meet any of the cast. I said my lines. I did it. I was just a news reporter. And then the first AD came over and said, oh, actually, that doesn't quite work. Here's another load of lines. And mm. they gave me a whole new script. And then I went off while they relit, uh, just did a few tweaks, met the director, met the first AD, met loads of the crew. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then five minutes later, I was on set and expected to deliver those lines. Very difficult. I'm pleased I did it. And that's mm. because my muscle was strong. The cold reading muscle. If, you, if you're on... We audition every day. You're getting a great cold reading muscle. And actually, so getting a little topical right now with the uh, the current uh, SAG-AFTRA strikes, which I'm sure you've all heard about, one of the things that is being put on the bargaining table about auditions and self-taping, there's, there's a bit of controversy about getting paid for auditions and then also about how much is expected uh, for people to learn for an audition, right? One of the things that might come out of this is that cold reading is more important because they might be not giving you the script so ahead of time or expecting you to do so much. So if they if the situation happens where producers start having to pay for an audition, if they want you to memorize, well, they're probably going to stop asking you to memorize and they're going to expect you to cold read versus pay a bunch of people to memorize lines so get that cold reading muscle in you know if not for the reason that richard said just just because actually when you get on set it's just good practice you need to be ready and i've actually experienced on set myself uh especially in the last few years a lot of actors not being ready mm-hmm. um and you've mentioned this to me the, before yeah they've not done the work before so I think the other thing is they get the job and they go, oh, my audition was good. They don't do the work going up to that. And if you're a little less experienced, you get on set thinking you've got a few goes and you don't. You I've don't. been guilty of that in the past. And yeah. do you know what? I dream about that. Even now, I dream about turning up to set and not know my lines. That is death. You, ca- you yeah. can't do that. And well, if you've here, never a, it before. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. If you're getting shot from a few different angles, that might come across to an inexperienced person as you've got a few tries but you don't that's doing the same scene from a few different angles for coverage and again if you're coming in as the co-star or guest star which a lot of people in the start of their career will be doing 
your line is opposite the star or the lead. And guess what? Guess who they're going to shoot first? They're going to shoot you first to give that star or that lead the extra shot of the scene. Mm -hmm. So if you, mm -hmm. if you don't know your lines and they, if the lighting's good and the technical is good, they're going to move on. They're not going to give you another chance to make it better. And that's what, Absolutely not. That, then that goes out there in the ether as your performance and that's on you. And, and then it's actually really interesting. I, I interviewed um, an editor, the editor of Homeland. He has a great book called an editor's, uh, it's, it's called, I have it. How to avoid the cutting room floor an editor's guides to actors. Right. And he talks about the importance of this as well. He said, when he's in the editing room, he can just as easily cut to you or away from you. And what you give him depends on what he does. So he said, when you've got that smaller role, there's ways you can be in it all the way through. There's ways you can be in it almost not at all based upon your level of preparation and your performance. Mm. Oh, so Don't waste that shot. Yeah. No, one. Well, I think here's the biggest thing that I've noticed using We Audition. And as an aside, my own personal story, and I told Richard this before you came on, Darren, is that I booked my first union role, got me my union card off We Audition. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, I did. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And here's the biggest thing that I find helpful, and it's very similar to what you just said. As a somebody who came into this later on in life who doesn't have a theater school background or like professional theater or film and TV training, is the classes I'd been in, fabulous classes, great, wonderful. But when you're doing scene work, your reader is giving you nothing because they're trying to prep you for the audition, which is fine. Like if you're going to be an in-person audition, they'll have a reader there and they're not going to be very, they're just not going to give you much and you have to emote. So the biggest thing that was a shock to me was when I got on set and now I had another actor opposite me giving everything he mm. has. Mm. It was a shock to the system because I was just, for some reason, my brain was expecting Another just dead person being like, yes, tell me more about the relationship you have with your father. But here's this actor giving me everything he has because he's at work too. Mm -hmm. I'm at work. And it was a shock. So being on We Audition with fellow actors doing the work, reading with me and giving me everything mm. prepped me for future times on set so i wasn't as shocked when there is another actor actually acting in front of me because i had yeah. no experience with that in education well and here's the thing guess what that makes you a better actor right we this i hate this narrative that okay can you read with your boyfriend girlfriend mom dad sure right and there's even casting directors that are out there that will say this because they don't want you to feel a pressure to do something for an audition. So they will say, it's fine, just get whoever you can to read. We're not listening to the other person, right? This is a common narrative. We're not casting the other person, we're casting you. But guess what? I act better with an actor, right? So even if it does, I don't care what they say about the other person. I care about my performance and my, perf in the same way that if I've got a drink of coffee in a scene, I'm drinking a coffee in a scene. I'm going to do that better than pretending, right? And so when you're doing your prep work, you know, and I like to think very much about the, the who, what, when, where, why, you know, who, who am I, where am I, right? What time of day is it? What temperature is it? That all affects my performance. I look around my room and I see my sofa and I see my chair and I see my plant. But if I'm in a Wild West saloon, I've decided that that's the bar and that's the stools and you know, I, I create my environment. That's my job as an actor, right? Why wouldn't I put the reader as somebody in that scene if I can? Mm. It just makes sense to enrich my scene for me, purely selfishly. I'm going to do a better job as the actor. Mm -hmm. We use not like a, don't we, like a Texan. Right. It's, it's not like you want. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Delay. Um, we use an example on We Audition is if you want a Texan older lady in your scene, why wouldn't you go on and find a Texan? We'll, not only would the accent be right, but their background and the way, their intonation and the way they say things might be more 
authentic to that character. And therefore, that might inform you. Whatever language, whatever accent you play for your own role, mm. if the other role is that, well, it will inform it somehow. And, and that might be the flow of the scene. It might feel more authentic to the director when they watch it. All these little things all come in sub- subconsciously. I mean, just give your best self the best shot, right? But the other thing about it is, you know, common thing to say is, I really love acting. Well, if you love acting, do it more. And doing it more is being... You know, if you're immersed in a scene with a good reader, that's so much more enjoyable. And the more you enjoy your job, the more you're going to do, the more success you're going to have at it. Simple. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things that you just, you both alluded to is the idea of community. And I think that's a big thing. That's a big vein that travels through a lot of guests that I have on this show because they, again, because they didn't go through the theater school, they don't have their core group of people Uh, They're entering into this industry a little bit lost, but excited and need to build community. And I think that's what is so powerful about what you've developed is because it's like four actors by actors. (laughs) And uh, but it's developing a community of people, especially those of us who are not in big film and TV centers, people from all around the world wanting to do this and enjoying doing this and building a community together, supporting each other financially, psychologically, you know, professionally. It's really, I've said it already, it's really powerful. I don't have a question. It's just a statement. It's just, I think it's such an important thing, especially for those of us who didn't have a community of actors to begin with. Thank you. Thank you. And you know where that translates is on screen, right? We are all talking about greater representation on screen for, for life to look more like life and giving opportunities to people in smaller areas. That's exactly it. It just doesn't mean you're not talented because you don't live in a big city. That's ridiculous. You, you can have talent all over the world. I remember one of our early, early members when we f- first started the platform was a girl in uh, Indonesia. And she sent me a DM and she's like, I'm in a small town in Indonesia. I've always wanted to be an actor. Now, now I like, I see it's possible. She's still a member today. Hmm. Got thousands of reviews. And I just, it, it touched me so much because I'm like, if you, you have the internet, you have TV, you have film and you go, I want to do that. But your geography doesn't allow you the resources to do it. But you've got the drive, the passion, the tactics talent all of that then you should be allowed to pursue that and i love the fact that this girl was able to connect in a community of professional actors that helped her supported her and it's so good to see her flourishing you know and i actually met her in person at an event that we did at a film festival years after you know it's wonderful to see i think we have a great community on we audition yeah, sorry, Janet. I think we have a, no. something we something that's been a real surprise to me. I think we made the technology to try and help each other initially and then to sort of widen it out to a bigger community and then just making it work was sort of the thing, you know, make, making it work and, and making it bigger. But the community kind of hit me a bit like, whoa, this is so fantastic. We get to meet these people and work with these other amazing actors. And that's just been the best part of it for me. And we hear that every day. And now... We've got a strike situation where the sag after directors are not doing stuff and we're, we're really trying to uh, bring the community together and support them in different ways. We've got different features that we're going to bring out actually next week. We've got one about the side hustles to try and promote each other's work. We've got some course information and other features that we're really... And, and also meeting casting directors that people are allowed to do. And community is really at the heart of what we do and what we strive to do. And I think it's been one of our inadvertent biggest successes, actually. And, you know, I've been in this business so long in both England and America, um, and it's undeniably a business of relationships, right? Mm. It absolutely is a business of relationships. So you need to develop community. And I know a lot of older actors that have been in the business for a long time say this, and now I am one of those older actors that's been in the business a long time. I can, I can wholeheartedly agree, is things get easier as you get get more progressed in your career because those relationships start to build. People start to know your work. They start to come back to you. And you hear over and over again on these, you know, inspirational videos, it's just patience. I don't think it is just patience. It's patience and consistency. 
Okay. You can't just sit back and have patience, but if you keep on developing the work, keep on developing your community, yeah, absolutely. The relationships will come through because everyone's just rising up like this together. Mm-hmm. We have people. Biggest... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I think I've got to delay. We have people meet up in real life as well. So people who have read with each other on We Audition sometimes come to our events, often come to our events and meet up with other people in real life who they've never met but they consider friends. So that is another thing that is about where they're not reading with a computer or, and you know, they're not reading with someone who's not an actor. They're actually engaging with a community, a real actor, another real actor who they can champion and support and champion if they get a role, but also when they come to our events and things like that, they can, they can meet up and chat and become real friends through the internet, through we audition and, and that supports everyone. You know, everyone can rise together as Darren rightly said. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I think that's that's such a key part that I know when I first started in this industry, I was really surprised. And I know there's competitive people, of course, but I was really surprised at the collegiality and the support that I was getting. And I come from a medical background. I went through medical school where it is extremely cutthroat and competitive. And so I was expecting the same thing. Right. And you hear this about the industry. Right. You know, knock everyone down to get up. But what I really did notice, especially amongst those of us who are in like the working actor category, is there's there's nothing worse to do for your career, just for yourself and for your community than compete with each other. And what I find is most of the actors that I interact with on We Audition, who I've met in real life, et cetera, et cetera, it does exactly what you do. Right. Support each other, champion each other because we have to. We literally have to. We won't get jobs. We won't get work. Robots will take over. We have to band together and cheerlead each other and fan club each other. Otherwise, it'll just we'll just get destroyed. And that that's what the streaming services want. But <laughs> I just think it's so thrilling, again, to especially with the pandemic, everything being virtual and then building this community worldwide. Yeah, the pandemic was awful, but it expanded my community. It didn't shrink, even though, you know, yeah, in real life, I thought, you know, I didn't see many people's legs for a while. It was all on Zoom. But it just expanded this global community of actors and realizing that these people really want me to succeed and I really want them to succeed. Was so was we audition a response to the pandemic or did it exist before? Like, how did you guys come up with this idea? We existed. uh Five years before the pandemic. And we oh, thought, geez. Yeah, we thought of the idea two years before that. So we, we did a, so a year of like figuring it out, then a year of building once we'd figured it out and then launched in 2015, um, which is really interesting because when the pandemic hit, we were very well poised as it was already built. And we were able, the great thing about Richard and I working on stuff together is we were very nimble and we we're very quick. And so when the pandemic happened, we were able to respond to that situation to make the technologies as absolutely useful as it could be for that purpose as well. It was the same idea, but we implemented different features and different ways of using it to help people en masse in that way at the time. Uh, We were doing a big initiative where we were allowing people to meet casting directors one-on-one like this. Uh, so they could carry on building those relationships that I just spoke about, things like that. So we're we're always very on top of where the industry is going and adjust very quickly to to respond to it. Um, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was already up and running. And so that there were the original people that when new people discovered, and like, wow, this is amazing. The other people were like, hey, I've been on this for five years. <laughs> And they felt like, welcome. yeah, they felt like, you know, founding members had this, uh, this, this uh, smugness about them. They're like, yeah, you've been missing out. <laughs> One of the, the cool things that I find, and you alluded to it about finding, finding specific types of people for specific audition types. Yeah. Uh, so what, like, I am a reader on We Audition and I put in my little bio, I'm a medical doctor. If you need help with an audition that has medical, technical, scientific jargon, Mm. I'm your person. 
And so that's been the main thing that I've had people request, right, say I have right. an audition for Chicago Med and I don't know how to pronounce any of this stuff. Mm. I don't know how to vibe as a nurse, doctor, paramedic. I'm like, this is where I like, I'm like, or I have to be a lab technician. I have to read out all this stuff. I'm like, let me, let's do it. It's so fun that you can find the specificity for people and the accents for people as well too, mm. to just run through and again, a lot of times I, we don't even like record their audition at that time. It's just spending half an hour together, just getting the jargon in their voice, in their mouth, in their head. So they mm. could either tape later, come back later. Like you said, Richard, you're now ready to, you've prepped. Now you're ready to do it. It's just, it's really, really cool. As opposed to being like, okay, I have all this medical jargon. I'm just going to Wikipedia it like no no you can sit with an How actual yeah doctor who is also an actor. How fun! <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, That's great. I, I, I yeah I'm a big advocate, obviously. But thanks for saying it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to tell me any of the cool stuff that you are doing coming up for We Audition? We have got some great, um, it's an expansion on what we did actually during the pandemic with the one-on-one -on -one meetings that we've got. So should we, should we talk about this, Darren? Are you happy to talk about sure. it? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, what we've got is a really nice feature on the system at the moment called the green room where anyone can drop in and we've got nine spots. And the idea was that that was like a place where people could hang out and talk about anything, but kind of publicly, you know, it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one chat. It was, a, it was just a space to talk about what's going on or if you had some time available you could talk about that like a green room on a film or whatever you, it's a place where you're waiting for things to happen so what we're doing is we're using that and we've invited in some prominent people in the industry some casting directors some industry experts and we're scheduling those in to certain times that people can drop in members can drop in and meet them so there'll be eight actors and one casting director for example or director and we're going to schedule those in over the course of the next couple of months and have regular spots in there where people can drop in there. You can watch it if you don't want to be involved or if you want to be involved, you can take one of the seats and you can introduce yourself, talk, you know, about what you're doing or meet that person. It'll be a group chat. It's not a one-to-one, a, a -one, but hopefully it's like a workshop situation. That's another opportunity for those cast directors to get to know you, for you to get to know them and to sort of expand that network, find out who's a good fit for you. So that's something we're doing. We're hoping we're hoping that's going to be really, really useful for members of the community because it's something that we get asked for and it's something that we find is, you know, people love that when they come to our and to come to our mixes and they meet casting directors and they do auditions and, you know, they've done, um, they sort of have a regular contact with the cast director. That's always really useful. So that's one of the things. And we're more so promoting each other's uh, side hustles. If people have got other jobs, they earn money elsewhere. We're doing that amongst the community as well so people can know but it's okay to do that. People have other things going on. And, and when people are not working and not able to work their SAG, then they could maybe support members and be supported in other ways. But lots of our members are not SAG. Yeah, about. Um, it's, not, it's not only SAG. Mm -hmm. But the, yeah, the side hustle thing is really as a way of supporting your other skills. So we have members that make jewelry. We have members that are artists. We have members that are executive assistants or virtual assistants do social media so the idea being is is to keep that community going of hey if i need something let me come first and foremost to my actor friends and see if they can solve that problem for me you know uh, and, the side and there's also. a benefit in that as well if people are actors they know what it's like if you get a job you need to step out i've never had a proper job i've never had a salaried proper job ever in my life but one of the reasons for that is because you get an audition that has to be priority and actually from some of your second act actors, they that must be a real privilege, actually. If they've had a career previously and they're able to pay the bills or they've paid their mortgage or whatever, that is a real privilege that younger people do not have. So that's a real advantage because younger people not only need to worry about their student debt, but they need to worry about paying the rent, maybe someday buying a house, someday having a family. Those worries are there inherently and that feeds through to everything. So... You know, if you're later on and maybe those things are sorted out or maybe you've had the family or something like that, you've got an opportunity there to, to, to you know, have a, a more concentrated time on your acting. And I think that really helps. Totally. Do you have any advice, and you've given already some phenomenal advice, but any advice for, again, people who are coming into this later in life 
developing community. I mean, besides everyone should be on We Audition, duh. But like, do you have any advice or even just people new to We Audition, how to kind of explore extrovert a little bit, who are a little bit shy, people who are mm. new to the industry, any advice? I have a ton of advice about this. I mean, I, my passion is creating community. And there's some really easy ways to do it that doesn't have to be scary, okay? And so number one, yeah, you're right. Like be on things like We Audition, right? Now, that's about finding a common ground. Find people that share your passions, right? And so that's why We Audition is a great place to start because there are a bunch of people that you know are passionate about what you do, taking it very seriously and putting the work in. So again, I like dating analogies. It's a bit like if you're going on a date with somebody, you want someone that shares your values. Okay, that's a number one important thing for a good relationship. Same exists in your work. And so if you really are trying hard at this and want somebody that's committed to their career, come to a place where other people are committed. We always say this about We Audition. If you, if you don't want to work hard on it, there's no point being on it, right? Because you need to put into it and it's about a bunch of people that are excelling at their craft. That's why we get casting directors coming in to do the things that we're doing because they know that this is a bunch of people that are putting the time in that are excelling at their craft, right? Yeah. Versus just spreading the net wide. So that, that's a, you know, one bit of advice is find your community. The next bit is be valuable, right? A lot of people treat that. I hate the word networking because to me, the word networking feels icky because it suggests the, the usage of something, right? Just everything about that just turns me off. I call it building relationships. And so if you're building relationships in an industry on a platform like we audition or out in the real world, right? Just think of how can I be valuable to that person versus how can I take from that person? Especially if you're at the start of a career where you need to learn, you think that, it doesn't need to be a, a, a one-way street. If you're at the start of your career and you're, you're speaking with somebody that's further on, whether it's someone similar to you, like another actor, or someone that you want to work for or work with in the future, you're attracted to them because they're at a place above you. So they don't need you. You need them. So find a way where they need you. Find a way that you can help them because otherwise you come with the energy of it's a one-way exchange. All I'm going to do is take from you. I'm going to draw from you. And no one likes that. Um, and so let's think of some practical ways to do that. One way is be the person that does the invite. Invite that person. Often a lot of people that you think are successful or busy or whatever are actually not as much as you think because everybody thinks they're too busy. Everybody thinks they have got things going on. So if you reach out with an invite, maybe you've got a spare ticket to a screening. Maybe you see on their social media that they were looking for some advice on where to get something for their pet. Be of value. Just always think of that. How can I help? How can I help? Don't worry about getting something back. It will come back to you, you know. Um, and then my third final tip is really host something. Host a party. Host a dinner. Host an event. If you don't want to take on the burden of that in terms of planning and cost, host a group hike, you know, find a, do something for your community because when you are, and this is why we do the wheel audition parties, right? When you put something on for people, you give everybody a reason to come together and then guess who they all know. Everyone in that room knows the person. So it's actually selfishly, it's building your reputation, right? If you go to an event you, and that's hosted by someone, everyone knows the host's name. So it's a, a way for you to build your, your status and your confidence up. And on that note, something I always try and do, and I love it when people do it for us, um, I always try and go and find out who put the thing on that I'm doing and thank them. Not about hassling them. It's not about taking them away from their duties. It's just acknowledging that, yeah, somebody made the effort. What, there's someone in here that made the effort to do this. Let me go find them and let me go thank them. That's so powerful. And it's so simple, but it's so, like, we don't do it. But mm. what, again, community. That's so, I, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Now you got to top that, Richard. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, can, I, mean, I can talk about what we, 
what we we tried different ways to sort of reach out and build our community and bring new people on board that would suit our community. Mm-hmm. And then what's worked is exactly what Dan said. We have mixers and we've had mixers all around the world, not just in LA. We have had lots there, but we've had mixers uh, in Toronto. We've had mixers in London. We've had mixers all across Europe, in uh, the, the Far East, in Australia. We've had all around the world, we've had mixers. And generally, they're, they're places where we've got some members and we take a local person to co-host with us and we have a mixer there. Darren usually goes and runs those. And they've been really powerful in introducing new people to the platform, but also the right people that want to be part of it as well. And that's really important to us. It's not for everybody. And I think the right people, as Darren said, want to work and they want to get on board. They want to get better and they want to hang out. They want to have a community, not through physical space, but online in the world and that's what we audition has, has, has managed to do you know bring together like-minded people and they tend to be people who are very talented very committed and do well in the future we're seeing that we're seeing lots of our members do very very well being serious regulars big movies it's it's a pleasure to see and when everyone supports them that's a really great thing to see and actually to add to your point there richard uh one of the things I love to do is empower someone else, okay? And so Richard mentioned when we do an event somewhere else in the world, I bring on a co-host. And that will either be a member of We Audition that I've seen really doing well on the platform. It could be a local famous person as in an actor or a director or something, someone with some credibility in the space. And I'm doing that for two reasons. It's one way is empowering somebody to be a community leader, right? I'd say to them, you don't have to do anything. We're going to put your face on the flyer and you can invite your friends. Not, you know, your friends in the industry. So it is a really low effort way for them to be involved and be that, that person that puts that invite out that says, hey, come to my event, right? We'll, we'll take care of all the work for you, but you can be empowered to do that. And it's really interesting to see because suddenly that person is is being the person I just spoke about. It's the person that people are thanking for that invite and it's raising their status. But they're also bringing us really great people that are like-minded for them. So it works both ways. It really helps us out. It helps the community out and it helps that person feel valuable. So it's a, mm. a great idea. And again, to piggyback on the last comment, if you're feeling you like you know you're a little lost and you don't know how to build that community find someone else like you and do it together you know empower each other to do it one of the questions i always like to ask kind of when we get closer to the end because we usually get into some pretty deep stuff is a more fun one do you have any fun either onset stories yourself or any favorite we audition stories go ahead rich uh. Thanks. Um, I'm sure I've got loads of real audition stories. Fa- uh, in what sense? Give us some. Um, I- I've got probably a ton. Darren's probably got a ton. Give us some. Yeah. T- give us some hints or some pointers to spark. If there's any snatches. funny ones, like again, one of my favorite we audition stories was being a reader. And again, doing a medical one, and they wanted. They're like, oh, it needs to be with a British accent. Can you do a British accent? I'm like, oh, not well. But we'll try. But we just like tried to work through it together. And I've never spoken medical jargon with a British accent before. Uh, but it was an absolute riot. It was so fun. And I'm pretty sure she booked it. She was an, an actor in, I think, Georgia. Mm. So it was like her, her Atlanta accent, my Canadian accent, all of us trying to do a British accent, but medical. <laughs> Sounds like great a disaster. I, I remember so many people online, and I've just had so many great people read with me. Um, I, I can't think of anything off. Oh, Darren, there must be something. It's it's <laughs> that there's so many. There's so many. Yeah, I can't think of one offhand. I I don't have a uh, a fun. It's not a particularly funny story, but I have a nice one. I was living in Hawaii, and I got an audition there for a film that can't talk about because we're striking. But um, I did this audition with a, with a real audition reader. I booked the job. And then the cast director called me a couple of days later and said, hey, the director really likes you. Uh, 
and wants to increase the size of your role, you know? And this was a director I really wanted to work with. Okay. Like, he's an amazing director. So I was like, I was like okay. Um, and they said, so there's a bigger role that he would like you to, to, to do. Are you, are you interested in that? And I'm thinking, like, hey, what's the catch? Because <laughs> of course I am. But then I was like, you know what? Can I get the full script? I want to see, I, I really want to see if this is a different, like a, not only just a bigger role, but one that I would be more comfortable doing. So they sent me the full script and I, yeah, I like the role better. So then they were like, okay, well, great. So um, do you mind just putting that one on tape though as well? And so I thought, oh, so suddenly I feel like I've got the job and then I'm now auditioning for a different job. Am I going to lose the last role if I do this? So anyway, I put the next one on tape really quickly. I just thought, now let's just get it done and get it over. And the nice thing was, is that they said to me, um, yeah, great. We're booking you for that role. Wonderful. A couple of days later, they reached out again and said, hey, we're really struggling to find someone to fill your old role. Do you know anyone? And I'm like, well, of course, I mean, what? Yeah, what do you need? And they said, someone just with your acting sensibility. And I was able to offer that connect to like 20 different actors that I know. Oh, and wow. quite a few of them were off the audition. People mm -hmm. that I'd read with. I was able to DM them and reach out and be like, hey, look, this is going on. Send the tape to that casting director. Well, Neil, what, what happened was that role ended up being uh, expanded again and split into two roles. So two of my, two of my colleagues got a job as well. Oh and they got God. to fly out to Hawaii and shoot on set with some amazing people. So that's a real nice example of, of when, you, when you just do the work, you know, when you go, go and build those relationships, it makes it easy for someone to recommend you. Oh, yeah. That's what a fabulous story. Really nice. Yeah, really. And actually, maybe that links quite well into talking about our ones to watch as well. We do a program that we take some people that are We Audition members or people that have championed the platform or do lots of stuff on We Audition. And we take them to film festivals. We've done it a few now. We've done Cannes a few times. We've done Toronto. Uh, we've done TIFF and uh, lots of other film festivals. And that is what we try and do is we thought about what would be the best experience you could have as a newcomer. Now, that could be as a second act actor. It could be as a young actor. It could be someone who's just starting to take off. These aren't people who have done nothing. These are people who we see future A-list in. We see something brilliant. They're championing the platform. They're working hard. They're doing the work. And they've got something. And they're doing work. So they're, they're on the start of their career, but going to make it big. We think, you know, potential to. So what we do is what we thought, what, what would we want? What did we never have that was possible? So we thought, ah, we'd, we'd like paid accommodation somewhere, you know, because it's so expensive. If you go to TIFF, it's so expensive to stay somewhere nearby the lighthouse. If you go to Cannes, it's so expensive to stay just off the Quasette or, you know, even within a bus distance, it's expensive. So, right, we want a nice place to... Community, we want to get a few people all together. We want everyone to have their own rooms. Great. We want everyone... We want to have a publicist so we can get into events and parties and not have to do that or, or, or blag it or something like that so we get a publicist, publicist in. We want a Getty photo shoot so we've got some some... I know for me, when I started out, it was a really big deal to have uh, photographs on Getty because people search and they come up. And so I said to Darren, look, we need to be doing this. People, we need to be getting them so they've got their own Getty for the first time. They've got a, a Getty credit. So we get a Getty photographer that comes and stays with us and does a photo shoot so they get those credits. We put everyone in the house and we take them to events and we give them a you know, good time at the thing. And they, they can network. They can go to the screenings, the panels. They can meet people, start those relationships or meet people and solidify relationships that they've started already so that has been a really special thing and some of the most brilliant people i've met in my life have come about just from meeting people that we thought were special not friends just people that we thought were potentially great future stars bring them together and then staying in a house and you really get to know people by hanging out and sometimes mm -hmm. going to parties and drinking a little bit and hanging out and partying a little bit but mostly work it's been really it's been really fantastic and that's been part of we audition so we're able to do that because of the the platform and the people that we meet on there. That's yeah. something we've done as, as sort of an outreach program, really. Oh the platform really supports that. It's like the community base and, and, you know, the way that we run the platform allows us to do that and bring those new people up. Um, and it's really interesting what you say there, Rich, because it, it's really noticeable. The, those people that we've taken, and there's been about 40 of them, I think, so far over the last few years, 
they're, they're the ones that are really, they're, they're putting the work in and you see it. You see it. And that's how we find them is because it's just undeniable their their mm. effort and their talent and their commitment to uh, and this is really really interesting thing is just it's not just their commitment to the craft it's their commitment to supporting other people that's that's what shows is yeah. them championing other people championing actors just being good people in the industry and you mentioned this right at the start Janet was uh it's not competitive. We're not in competition with each other. You know, there's, if I go for a role, yeah, I'm in competition with those 15, 20 actors that are at the final stages of that role. Um, I don't even see I'm myself really. in competition with the, with the 3,000. Yeah. But yeah, we're going for that one job. So I understand the level of competition. But actually, I don't think it is like that because the person that gets it is right for whatever reason. And even if I get really close to it, I don't see it as rejection or a loss. It just wasn't my job, right? And I don't see that actor as being competitive. And what's really interesting, uh, actually to link back to that last story, is one of the actors that got that job that I recommended in Hawaii was an actor that I go up against all the time. We constantly go up for the same roles. That's how we know each other. And we got to both do a job in different roles. So if that doesn't prove that it's not really competitive, nothing will. Yeah. Something really cool that somebody once told me was if, like, again, it's the whole, like, it wasn't meant to be, it's not meant to be, but also you were not the right fit for the role and therefore the movie wouldn't be as good if you were in the role. And so it's all about and I know that's kind of a negative Nancy thing to say because we're all like, I can be anything. But like, no, no, if you didn't get the role and the person who did get the role, they are the perfect person for that role and will make the movie better. You mm. were not that person and the movie would not be, quote, as good. And so but to champion that person, and especially in a small market like Canada, you need to realize that like that movie is now going to be perfect because of the person who is in it. And the mm. choice was made and that choice is perfect. I know some people are like, oh, I don't like that. Sens-. I'm like, that works for me because I don't like that sensation of rejection being like, no, they saw it and they were like, not the perfect person for the role. Here's the perfect person for the role. But the roles so, that I do get, I'm perfect for. Something mm. that I champion and I will continue to champion as I get older. I think it's more important is making your own stuff as well. Mm. I had a conversation with Darren when I was in L.A. And I some, you know, thought, you know, are we auditioning for this other stuff, other people's dreams, other people's should we be making our own stuff? Should we be putting together? And it's something I've done a little bit over the years and I've always found a benefit in it. It's always mm. shoehorned in around other things. Can I make this work? Can I do this? But I've always found a benefit from making my own stuff. You design a character, write something, make something that is your ideal character or you, what you want to do. And then other people may follow that or that might grow into something else or you might find an audience with it. It's all about exploring. So rather than you know just always saying pick me pick me pick me oh great yeah they've got the right role maybe there's an opportunity for especially second act actors to think about what they want to do and where they can fit in what value to talk about what Darren said that value they can add as a character or as an interesting persona and then build that into something that maybe will find an audience and do you know what if it's not a commercial success maybe that doesn't matter maybe that's fulfilling that need you have as an actor maybe that's fulfilling some itch you've got to scratch and that's all beneficial and that all feeds in. And maybe that might be an IMDb credit that gets you your next IMDb credit from something else. So they feed into each other. But if you've got the ability to make stuff on your own or with your own local community, I'd really advise doing that. Totally. Yeah. Do you both have any final words of wisdom or advice? This has been filled with that. But do you have any final advice or words of wisdom? Uh, my, mine is going to be just uh, be going out there and supporting to each other. It's a, another tough time like the pandemic. So yeah. if you have, sorry, it's not like the pandemic. That was a very different uh, experience. But in terms of how people might be feeling isolated or not knowing a direction right now, if especially if you're in a worldwide community, you know, be supportive to each other, reach out to each other and just uh, keep discussions going, keep, work going uh that you can do you know and i mean you know work between yourselves and just uh 
I think it's important to just understand the, what everyone's going through right now, whatever side of the coin they're on, and and also your you know your local community, your local businesses if they're affected by things. You know, just be compassionate and be empathetic right now. I want to reiterate that, and I want to say stick with it as well. There's some things that have really helped me over the years, and I've stuck with it. And some years I've not wanted to, and sometimes I've really not wanted to. But I'm really proud that I have. And some of the things that I do is look after my mental health. There's some things that I like doing, like journaling, and there's some meditation stuff that's very good for people to, to look after their brain and exercising and making sure that your body and your mind is in a good place. It's really, really important. And I just say to everyone, if you're starting out or if you've been in a long time, stick with it because it's not necessarily something you do for your complete. It, it's something we do because we love it. And, and try and keep that love and keep looking after your body so you can continue doing that and sticking with it. Because if you want to do it and you've chosen to do this for your life, then it's obviously worthwhile and you should stick with it. And never give up. Love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Darren and Richard, for being my guests this week. Thank you so much for what you've created. Thank you for We Audition. Thank you for this wonderful platform, this incredible community of actors that I have met and benefited from. If you all are interested, head on over to We Audition and check it out. I am over there as a reader. If you ever need any help with your medical slides, I'm here for you. That's my jargon. That's my second language. Happy to help you out. (laughs) I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye.